0: So President Biden has announced a ban on Russian oil and finally it's about time no more importing oil out of Russia but Biden says it's going to come with a price. It's going to be costly for Americans because oil prices are going to increase. Gas prices in terms of gas pumping at the car is going to increase. Because if we want freedom, then now we're going to need to suffer. We're going to need to pay for it. No, that is not correct, Mr. President. We don't need to suffer. Biden is choosing to make us suffer. Because if Biden wanted... He could ban Russian oil, try to crush Putin that way, but not increase the price of gas at the pump, not increase the price price of heat, as I'm going to explain coming up. So the State of the Union address, all right, number one, it was boring. I mean, it was a sleeper, as expected. But look, give Biden credit. He made it through the entire speech. So, I mean, for Biden, that, that did not used to be an achievement. I mean, Biden has set the bar so low, we never used to say... Hey, the president actually got through the entire State of the Union. Let's give him a round of applause. Standing ovation. Oh, what did he say? No, no, he actually, he didn't say anything. He actually just got through it. But uh, this was a huge win. In case you didn't notice, this State of the Union was a massive victory for conservatives. I mean, it, this was Biden waving the white flag. I surrender. You win. We lose. Socialism is dead. The radical left is a is a total failure. That's what I saw very clearly from this State of the Union. I mean, literally, it, it, it was unbelievable how Biden completely abandoned the radical left. Biden threw the squad, threw Ocasio and the rest of the radicals and Bernie Sanders under the bus. I mean, he abandoned COVID mandates. He abandoned the BLM movement. Build Back Better is clearly dead. That was like Biden's, his signature bill. Biden, what he's been pushing for for a year. Build Back Better, or as I call it, the bankrupt the kids bill. Not a mention of it, not a word, because he knows that it has made, he is so unpopular. Biden, he's like so unpopular. I I bet you head to head, if you took a poll, President Biden versus Vladimir Putin, Uh, among U.S. voters, I bet you it's neck and neck. And Kamala, easily beaten by Vladimir Putin. Who would you want? Let me ask you, if you have a choice between Biden as president or Kamala or Vladimir Putin, I honestly, Vladimir Putin is an evil, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get like so much hate mail, like, how could you do that? How could you support Putin? Putin is an evil, murdering thug. He He is one of the most evil men on the planet in the 21st century. I still don't think that Kamala would do a better job than Vladimir Putin running this country. But either way, Biden, he literally, this speech confirmed that Biden and his administration, Biden, I talk about Biden and I always give the disclaimer, whoever it really is who's running the show, he's just a puppet. But they have tried socialism and now they surrendered because they tried big government. His numbers are in the tank. Biden's numbers are plunging out of control Beyond all expectations, he got a little bit of a bump following the State of the Union address. They always do. So they are veering to the right. They are adopting Trump's policies. I mean, Biden was proud of the fact that you don't have to wear masks anymore, that uh, the the COVID mandates are coming to an end. So a stunning concession. We will get to all of that coming up. Breakdown of the uh, State of the Union. New York City. And this is laughable. You cannot make this stuff up. Do you know that New York City has ended? Speaking of mandates, New York City has eliminated mask mandates on everybody in the city, except for children age five and under. Do you believe this? And Eric Adams is proud of it. Oh, it's, I'm following the science. New York City has eliminated, has ended the mask mandate. Nobody in New York City in any sort of public place, in schools, any sort of you know New York City run area. New York City, you do not need to wear a mask. There are no mask mandates unless you are a child age five and under. You cannot make this up. This is This is pure madness. This is insanity. An unvaccinated, I kid you not, this is the New York City policy. An unvaccinated, and and Adams is proud of it, an unvaccinated 90-year-old does not need to wear a mask. But a five-year-old, an unvaccinated 95-year-old in New York City does not need to wear a mask. But a five-year-old in New York City needs to wear a mask. This is lunacy. This is not science. This is like the antithesis of science. Like whatever science is. They are laughing at us and mocking us and making fun of, of of the fact that society has just gone off the deep end. These guidelines, this is one of many policies that prove the guidelines are not based on science. By the way, the, the, the logic, as if there were any logic, something to do with the fact that somebody under five, a child five and under, is not able, obviously, to get vaccinated. So the mask mandate still applies to them. But everyone older can get vaccinated, but they don't need to be vaccinated. That, that's the, 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 the most bizarre part of a, what's an extremely bizarre and nonsensical policy. The school closures were not based on science, by the way. Forcing children to wear masks, for the most part. Children do not get harmed by COVID, almost never. A child is probably more likely to get seriously ill from the flu than from COVID-19. So it's all. So, so what is the answer? I guess Democrats, they just like being cruel to children. I don't know. It's like a power trip or something. All right. So as I said, Biden is banning Russian oil and good for him. We've been calling for this for a long time. I and mean, there are still more things they could be doing, by the way, the, the, as we've outlined here on this show. But here's the thing. Biden, he gave a speech and he says there are going to, the prices are going to go up oil related. By the way, when the price of oil goes up. And oil is spiking out of control already because of this war, so it's only going to get worse, but things get delivered on trucks. Food gets delivered on trucks in the United States, so when the price of oil goes up, obviously the price of gasoline goes up, which is made basically from oil, and, uh, and, and then that causes inflation. That causes the price of goods and services everywhere to increase. So Biden says defending freedom is going to cost us. That's a quote. Defending freedom is going to cost. Sorry, look, you want to fight Putin? We'll fight Putin. You want to ban oil? I'll ban oil, but you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to suffer. No, we don't. No, we should. This should not need to cost. This should not need to cost anybody. In fact, this should make American companies even richer. All we need to do is very simple. Drill more oil in the United States it's called fracking it's called the keystone pipeline there were so many things that the democrats have either banned or placed heavy restrictions on it's all about the environment biden's environmental policies under trump under trump the united states was was producing a record amount of oil the united states was was net exporting the united states was exporting more oil than it was importing under trump i mean that's unheard of and now under biden the united states is importing more oil Then it's exporting because Biden, he shut down the – it's so simple. He shut down the Keystone Pipeline. He issued an executive order banning new leases on oil and natural gas drilling. He increased regulations and penalties. He increased these penalties on, on methane emissions, on all sorts of restrictions and penalties on oil and gas companies. Biden incentivizes companies not to drill for oil. And not to manufacture natural gas. And he does it because he's pandering to the left. I know I mentioned in the State of the Union that Biden is moving right. But when it comes to the climate environmentalism, it's Ocasio-Cortez, it's Bernie Sanders, it's the Green New Deal. Do you know that the United States in 2021 decreased oil production by 24%? That's under 24% under Biden. The United States decreased oil production by nearly a quarter of its production. Under Trump, we were producing far more oil because, as I said – and by the way, buy, we've been buying oil. Here's the hypocrisy. Here's the hypocrisy of it all. They do this in the name of the environment. They they, they prevent the United States companies drilling for oil and natural gas. Why? To help the environment. It's, it's, it, it's bogus. It's a sham. They're a bunch of phony hypocrites because we buy oil from Russia. We buy oil from the Saudis. And guess what? Russia – They are much worse for the environment. When when the Russians drill for oil, you think that they make sure that there are no methane leaks, that there are no fossil fuels? Are are you kidding me? The Russians, they don't have any environmental regulations. The Saudis don't have environmental regulations. The United States outsources. The United States, they don't like hurting the environment. So what do they do? They outsource – the harming of the environment to countries that are much worse for the environment. The United States has all sorts of regulations in place. So so when American companies drill for oil, it's actually much better for the environment. We're still consuming the same amount of oil, but now we're buying it from Russia, buying it from the Saudis. And they're hurting the environment even more. So there's your hypocrisy, Ocasio-Cortez. Well, we we can't have American companies drilling for oil. It's bad for the environment. So who's going to drill for oil? We still use the oil. Well, we're going to have Russia do it. Oh, that's great for the environment. It's much worse. So it's all a sham. It's all a game. All they care about, they, they just don't want American companies to profit off of oil. That's what they care about. They care about their own agenda. They don't want they don't want the oil to be drilled for cheaply in the United States, but environment and fossil fuels. The Biden Democrat policy is much worse when it comes to the environment of fossil fuels than what Trump was doing. So now, what's Biden's solution? Well, who are we going to turn to instead of Russia? Well, Biden is now having talks with the Saudis and the Venezuelans, and the Venezuelans, Instead of buying from Putin, we're going to be buying from the Saudis. And the Venezuelans, the, the the Venezuelans are as corrupt as can be. They've been that way for decades. They're, so, they're 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 socialist, and their government, their leadership is extremely corrupt. The Saudis are a bunch of radical Islamic murderers. And I know that Trump made deals with the Saudis, and that, and that's fine. Look, there are times when you need to make deals. I'm not saying. Look, the Israelis uh, have have all sorts of diplomatic relations with the Saudis. Maybe it's not formally diplomatically official, but the Israelis and the Saudis are tight. You know, in a sense, you know, when it comes to security and you know, preventing Iran from developing a nuke and all of that stuff, and you know, preventing terrorism, but uh, you don't go and when you have like literally companies in America that are desperate to be drilling for oil and it'll be much cheaper, and instead you decide to outsource it to the to the corrupt Saudis and Venezuelans. There is, and you don't want to work with Exxon and Mobil and you know, so many other American oil companies. There's something very, very wrong. And then Biden says, sorry, it's going to be costly. Listen, we're banning Russian oil. We're doing this for the sake of the greater good. But it's going to hurt your pockets. And inflation. I mean, inflation is out of control. Americans are suffering economically like never. Well, no, that's the cost of freedom. No, Mr. President, that's the cost of you pandering to Ocasio and to the squad and by the way, you know, the price of oil has been surging since this war started for obvious reasons. The price of oil it, it, like per barrel is almost double what it was when the war began, which means all these days now of war, Putin has been getting rich. Uh and So this war has been making Putin richer and richer. And I'm willing to bet you, you know, however, this thing ends and my prediction has been the same from day one, I believe that. You know, the, the Russians are going to take a large chunk of Ukraine, whether it's a third of Ukraine or a half of Ukraine. They're going to have some sort of ceasefire. Look, this is what I'm foreseeing happening. They're surrounding cities now. They're cutting off Kiev and many other key cities. And I think that the Ukrainians are going to have to surrender. There's going to have to be some sort of uh, peace agreement. That, that Look, at the very least, may, maybe the Russians take Ukraine. I certainly hope not. But at the very least, I think they're going to take a nice chunk of it and then of course all the sanctions will be lifted it's a win for russia because if they take over part of ukraine then we've shown them that they can invade and win but um and then i believe that the oil prices are going to are going to still remain pretty high and uh and watch biden watch the biden people well the inflation's out of control well that's putin you can blame putin well the problem is inflation's been out of control uh, out of control for like a year and uh, the the war with putin just began a few days ago all right, do you know the Iranian nuclear deal they are almost at have they're apparently according to reports, they have almost reached an agreement uh on an Iranian nuclear deal. in other words, Biden is going to resume and and, and restore the Iran nuclear deal, the bogus obama Iran nuclear deal, which was a disaster which Trump got out of which the iranian ha- Iranians have been breaching like crazy i mean uh they they don't even hide it, and the Iranians they've been enriching. These massive, massive stockpiles of uranium. They've been enriching uranium to a very, very high degree of purity, close to what's needed for a nuclear weapon. The Iranians are... Weeks away from a nuclear weapon. They have the centrifuges. They have the huge stockpiles of enriched uranium to a very high degree. They have the ICBMs, the intercontinental ballistic missiles, because the Obama nuclear deal never even prevented that. The Obama nuclear deal never prevented centrifuges. The Obama nuclear deal allowed Iran to store a certain amount of enriched uranium. What do they need that for? Oh, it's for peaceful purposes. It's for, for nuclear power plants. Give me a break. Not to mention the Iranians lied when they entered the deal as as was exposed by Netanyahu and the Mossad. But either way, they are close to signing a deal. Here's what's amazing. And look, we'll wait to see the details. This is going to be a terrible deal. I predict it's going to be an even worse deal than the original deal. And what's amazing is you have the Russians. There's a, a, a bombshell video that came out. The Russians who who, who negotiated the deal. You know, we're, let's start with this. We're negotiating the deal with Russia. Literally, Biden, they've been having talks with the Iranians, but the Russians have been brokering this deal. I mean, and while this war is going on and the evil Russians, I mean, uh, who are just invading Ukraine, just it's a horrific, horrific what's happening right now in Ukraine, obviously, as we've been talking about. And and though the evil Russians are the ones brokering the deal, can we cut the Russians out of the deal? How how does that make any sense? Does Biden realize how pitiful he looks that he's got – he's got—he's—he's cutting a deal with the evil terror, terror regime known as Iran and the Russians are the ones brokering the deal. I mean could, could, you, you couldn't make it up – like if I put this in a fiction novel – they would laugh me out of every publishing house. This is the dumbest novel we've ever heard. It's so unrealistic. Well, no, it's actually real life. It's actually happening. You got Biden, pitiful Biden, who's trying to negotiate a deal begging the Iranians to come to the table, even though the Iranians are like really close to a nuke. And you know that this deal is not going to prevent them from developing a nuke. Just like the Obama deal didn't. It, it, maybe it delayed it a little bit. Certainly didn't prevent a thing as we see. And, uh, oh, by the way, who's, who's brokering the deal? Oh, that would be Russia. Russia's the one. That we're having these talks with. Anyway, so the Russians are laughing about the fact. Literally, this is a, a video that leaked. Mikhail Ulyanov, he's the lead Russian negotiator in the talks with the Iranians to to restore the nuclear deal. He bragged about the fact that Russia, China and Iran teamed up to get the United States to agree to, to insane concessions, to these pro-Iran concessions. So, so like, we're going to wait and see. This deal is going to be so pitiful. I mean, they're they're, they're going to lift a ton of sanctions on the Iranians. You know how I know? Here's how I know: because what happened here? They kept holding these talks. Remember, one round, two rounds, three rounds. Of, they kept holding these rounds of negotiations with Iran between the U.S. and Iran in Vienna. And every time the United States would come out, and they'd be like, "Well, we haven't really made any." You know, that literally the U.S. officials would come out of the come out of the meetings and say. No, we've we made no headway. No, we made no progress. And like round one, round two, round three, round six, no progress. And like now they're like literally days away from announcing, oh, we've got a deal. We, we, we cut a deal. We we, we managed to, uh, to, to to create a new nuclear deal. The, Biden, the Biden-Iran nuclear, the bogus Biden-Iran nuclear deal. Congratulations. Hey, everybody, pop the champagne. We've managed to come to an agreement. We've come to terms that are beneficial for everyone. Well, one second. Round one, like it came out of round seven. There's literally been like 10 rounds, right? Round seven, no exaggeration. Round seven, it was like, well, we've made very little headway. You know, we just are not seeing eye to eye. The Iranians are making too many demands. And then like round nine, magically, oh, hey, guess what? We have a deal. Well, do you think suddenly the Iranians were the ones who conceded? Suddenly the Iranians caved? Who do you think? If you had to guess between who's caving, the Iranians, the Ayatollah, Russia, or Biden, you know, who's, who's more desperate to cut a deal as the Iranians sit there And um, Biden has already lifted some sanctions from the Iranians. I understand that they're struggling economically. They always are. But trust me, Biden's the one making those concessions. We will wait and see. And and, and now we know that thanks to this video that leaked out with the lead Russian negotiator bragging – That they got the United States to make all these concessions. I mean, how does anybody not miss President Trump? You know, at least we don't have nasty tweets. I mean, the world is in shambles. The world right now, and it's directly, it's all directly tied. You look at Afghanistan, you look at Iran, obviously, you look at Ukraine. That is a direct result of Biden that did not happen under Trump for a reason. But at least we don't have those nasty tweets. I mean, how could anybody sit here and say, oh, well, at least at least Trump's out of the White House. All right. So speaking of Trump, A.G. Barr, Attorney General William Barr, he's putting out this book. So we've got to speak about this. Attorney General William Barr, um I guess, is publishing a book, wrote a wrote a book, a tell all book about President Trump and about his time with President Trump wanting to clear the record. And uh certainly A.G. Barr believes that uh, the election was not stolen. And here's my, and, and I'm a big fan of A.G. Barr. Everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of Attorney General William Barr. I mean, he did so many good things as we're going to lay out here, but I don't like it when a, a, a cabinet member of Trump's, remember John Bolton? Bolton wasn't a cabinet member, national security advisor, same idea. When you have a top, top, uh, uh, advisor to Trump, in this case, Attorney General, which is a cabinet post, and they, you know, the, they, they leave Trump, so to speak. They have a falling out with Trump and then they, like write this tell-all book and go on this book circuit book tour, telling everybody about all the problems they had with Trump. And and my problem is I don't like the optics of. It. And look, Barr could do whatever he wants. I have tremendous respect for 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 William Barr. What he did with the whole Russia hoax, I mean, uh, and not just the Russia hoax with Michael Flynn. There were just, there were just so many areas, you know, where AG Barr stepped up. Obviously, appointed John Durham. You know, Spygate. John, he said on he said testifying to Congress. Bill Barr said. That the Obamas FBI spied on Trump, and remember the media was like shocked. How could he say that? And and it was everyone was like, "What are you talking about? Like we know that. We it's it's a known fact. He was just stating a fact, and they acted all surprised like he said something like you know like he was from Mars. Anyway, but like, why do you have to go and air your dirty laundry? Why can't you just kind of keep it to yourself? I I don't like that. I don't like the things Trump said about Barr. Trump put out a scathing, scathing rebuke against Barr. I don't like that. You know, I've criticized Trump many times for the things that he says about his allies. I mean, Barr did amazing things for Trump. Remember Rosenstein, Bob Mueller, that whole mess. Barr came in and did things that Jeff Sessions was too cowardly to do. To be honest. So uh, but then why do you have to go like John Bolton and then suddenly, all right, I'm going to publish a book and I'm going to say all these nasty things about Trump. I just don't understand. So it bothers me. And uh, so I'm going to be critical. I kind of have to call it as I see it. I'm incredibly grateful to Barr for the things he did. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of of Trump, but both of them here having this public feud. But here's my problem with Barr is are you they act surprised. Are you surprised? Everybody knows. He basically says, well, Trump was mostly under control. He was always a loose candidate. He was mostly under control until the election. After the election, then Trump went off the deep end. Well, no. Hello? Who are you kidding? Trump was always off the deep end. And again, you take Trump. He's got the good. You got to take the good with the bad. If it wasn't for somebody like Trump, if Trump was run of the mill, traditional, if he wasn't the type of person that he is... He would not have done all the positive things that he did. I mean, he couldn't have solved the border crisis himself if he didn't have a lot of guts moving the embassy. Trump did things that you cannot – if you care about public opinion, you're not going to do a lot of the things Trump did. He was not a typical politician. He was not afraid to do things that he promised and pledged to do, even though it cost him big time in terms of public opinion, including in the polls. You know, his his poll – his Trump's poll numbers – They never went below a certain point because he has such a loyal base, but they never went above. They never broke 60%. They never will because there's always going to be a chunk of the population who doesn't like somebody like Trump. So you take the good with the bad. I've always said that. You need somebody like him. If it was Rubio, he never would have done. Even Ted Cruz, I think, never would have done. Cruz is close, but never would have done some of the things that Trump did. You needed somebody like Trump. But for Barr to act all surprised, Bolton acted surprised. What are you surprised? I mean, this is the man he like fired. Tillerson, like through through a tweet. I mean, like he's, you know, whatever. So Barr says Trump was childish. He says he insults anyone who disagrees with him. He he also says that Trump put himself before the country after the election and has no ideology. And uh, interesting, Savannah Guthrie on NBC grilled Barr on his resignation letter. Why did he praise Trump if he was so upset with Trump at that point? And why did he not tell the country that uh, Trump was dangerous and uh, that the election was not stolen. And uh, Barr said his answer was kind of weak. He said that uh, at that point, the election results were certified after December, so it couldn't really change. Barr insisted that there was no way legally the election results could have changed on January 6th, no matter what Mike Pence did constitutionally. So it was pretty interesting. But um Bill Barr, look, he did phenomenal things. Remember Jeff Sessions and Rod Rosenstein? Rosenstein was a weasel. I mean, he literally appointed a special counsel. There was no reason. There was no evidence whatsoever about Russia Gate, about Russian collusion. It was all fake. It was all made up. In fact, it was made up by Hillary. Rod Rosenstein knew it, and um, he, he, he. And yet, he appointed Bill Barr. Why? Because he didn't want to tarnish his reputation. He knew that in the swamp, you know, they were hoping that he would somehow do something against Trump after Trump fired Comey. Remember, James? Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Sessions recused himself from the from from the Russia hoax. Now that was. That that was inexcusable. That he excused that he recused himself because he had no control. Here you have like the biggest investigation in U.S. history, where they're investigating the president for colluding with Russia, and it was fake. It was fabricated. It was made up by Hillary, as we know. And Jeff Sessions knew the the, the Steele dossier was a fake. He recused himself, and and he was appointed attorney general. He knew when he was sworn in that he would need to recuse himself, but he never bothered to mention that to Trump. So it was all political. It, it was it was really really egregious what uh, what Jeff Sessions did. And Rosenstein was even worse. Remember, Rosenstein, remember Lisa Page and Peter Strzok? I mean, this was just a massive conspiracy. It was a deep state conspiracy. I almost never used that term, but that's clearly what this was. Hopefully John Durham is exposing that. So Rosenstein and Sessions, I mean, they threw Trump under the bus and here comes A.G. Barr and of course uh, Bob Mueller, uh, put out his report and exonerated Trump and Barr stood up. You know, he got a lot of heat and they accused him of being Trump's personal defense attorney and, and Trump was eventually impeached. And remember, Barr, you know, he didn't decide if Trump was guilty of, obst- I'm sorry, Muller didn't decide if Trump was guilty of obstruction and, and Barr got a lot of heat for saying, well, if Barr won't decide that I'm the attorney general, I'm going to decide and Trump is not guilty of obstruction, which he clearly was not. And A.G. Barr, he literally, he did not care. He did not care. He, he, he had a great reputation in Washington, D.C. His association with Trump literally tarnished and probably wrecked his reputation in Washington, D.C., and Barr did not care. I give him a lot of credit for all that stuff and, of course, for appointing John Durham. And maybe eventually we get some indictments uh, from John Durham other than the few very, very minor indictments that we've already seen. Probably not. Don't hold your breath. But at the same time, I, I don't like the fact that A.G. Barr is having this public feud here with Trump. All right, the State of the Union, as I said— it was loaded with fluff. It was very generic. I mean, so yeah, Biden, he got through it. It was not inspiring. Biden spoke very fast. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to be up there for too long. He slurs his words. Look, you know, he he called the Ukrainians Iranians at one point. So look, Biden, like I said, I mean, the bar is much lower. The, you know, the, if Biden gets through it and is relatively coherent, then that's a win for Biden. But the amazing thing is he abandoned the radicals. He bar, uh, Biden abandoned the radical agenda. I mean, he literally, they figured out. It's been a year. His approval numbers are abysmal. And uh, he's been pandering to the left and it has not worked. I mean, what were two of the biggest takeaways of the State of the Union? Fund the police, Biden said. I mean, can you imagine? He never would have said this as a candidate. These are Trump policies. Two of the biggest takeaways. Obviously, he spent the first part of the State of the Union bashing Putin. Okay, and and uh, prom, you know promoting supporting Ukraine. That's easy. And uh, two of the biggest takeaways: fund the police, don't defund, fund, and no more masks, no more COVID mandates. So, like, it could literally it could have been scripted by Trump. The State of the Union address could have been written by. Trump's own people. Two of the biggest takeaways, biggest messages Biden got across, don't defund the police, fund the police. So he threw BLM out of the bus. If he had said this as, as a candidate, I mean, he would have gotten crushed. But now they're starting to realize that that uh, mask mandates a- 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 and uh, COVID mandates are extremely unpopular, even among Democrats and defunding the police bmlm extremely unpopular why because crime is surging out of control thanks to the democrats so literally this is this was a death blow this past year the biden administration has been a death blow to the radical leftist agenda and nothing proves it more than the fact that his state of the union address was filled with uh, like moderate or perhaps even you'd call them like right wing policy agendas uh, biden of course did not mention afghanistan obviously he did not mention the border mess. He did not mention Iran. But he also didn't mention Build Back Better because that's clearly dead. Biden did mention inflation. He did. Look, it's the elephant in the room. I mean, you can't an elephant. It's not even an elephant. It's it. You know, it, 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 it's it's uh, it's much larger than an elephant. It's like the T-Rex in the room is inflation. So Biden mentioned it. But here's the problem. What he said made no sense. Biden said the solution to inflation is buy American products, we should manufacture more American products, be more energy efficient, and free child care. So that makes absolutely no sense. Those three things won't do a a thing for inflation. In fact, two of them will make inflation worse. He said, buy more American products, be energy efficient, and let's do free child care. Government-sponsored, it's not free. It's taxpayer-funded child care, and somehow those things are supposed to solve inflation. Well, how? They're not. Those things don't have anything to do with inflation, except, as I said, to make it worse. Biden also told a big lie. Uh, This lie has been repeated so many times by Democrats that the Trump tax cuts only help the wealthy. They like to spread this lie. Now, look, a a big chunk of the population doesn't pay taxes, income taxes. So obviously they're not going to get helped much by the Trump tax cuts. What, what, the lower 50% of the country maybe? But um, somehow the Trump tax cuts – Despite that, they, 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 they have helped like 82% of Americans or 82% of middle-income Americans, I should say. So this is a lie that the Trump tax tax cuts only helped the wealthy. Multiple studies have found that the Trump tax cuts benefited a broad group of Americans. The Tax Policy Center estimated 82% of middle-income Americans um, were supposed to receive a tax cut an average reduction of $1,260 in their individual income taxes in 2018. Uh, and uh, the Treasury Department um, said that 90% of Americans had an increase in their take-home pay in 2018. So that they, that's also obviously a result of the Trump tax cuts. And some of that may have been offset by the uh, elimination of the um, state and local Property tax, state and local tax exemption, and the property tax exemption—they they, they eliminated that on above ten thousand dollars. But uh, again, that's only above ten thousand dollars. That really mostly targeted the wealthy. So uh, again, the Trump tax cuts were very 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 beneficial. Not to mention the fact that the Trump tax cuts um, cut the uh, slashed the 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 corporate tax rate like way way down. It was like at thirty five percent, knocked it down twenty one to twenty two percent. So uh, it was a huge, huge cut in the corporate rate. Right? Well, that only helps big corporations. Well, big corporations, who do you think the ones hiring the the middle the middle class employees are the big corporations? The big corporations then went back and invested. Remember, you had all these bonuses, all these raises that were being given when Trump first took office. Even before the tax cuts, it was just an anticipation where it was a tremendous boost to the economy. I mean the the biggest proof is – that, uh, you know, uh, that uh, this wages were up. I mean, wages were up significantly following the Trump tax cut. So that was something that benefited everyone, not just not just the top one, two percent. Um, so this, this is just a boring speech and generic and not not inspiring, even for liberals. I don't even think de- Democrats sat there and were particularly inspired by Biden. By the way, Rashida Tlaib did a rebuttal. You know, there's always the uh, the rebuttal. Usually, the the rebuttal to a Democrat president is done by a Republican, and that was true. There was a Republican governor that uh, you know did the rebuttal to the State of the Union. But uh, the, the first time ever that a member of his own party, yes, radical socialist squad member Rashida Tlaib, actually did a rebuttal of the State of the Union, so that tells you everything you need to know here about how the Democrat Party is seriously divided. And uh, Biden, he did bend over backward to appease the squad. Obviously, they had some sort of advance notice that he was going to make this, you know, sharp turn to moderate, which is what he did. But despite all the pandering, you know, despite all the radical leftist policies that Biden has instituted, the left is still not happy. They'll never be happy. They will never be happy. And what's he going to do? Watch him even pander even more to the left. And as I said, in the very fact that uh, he refuses to increase drilling, in response to this ban on Russian oil, tells you everything you need to know. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.